Father, we just thank you for this morning. Father, we've come to hear from you. Because you and you alone have the words of life. And you said the words that I speak are spirit and life. And therefore this morning, as a church, we humble ourselves and we say, Father, we beseech you that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we will know you. That we will understand your ways, teach us your ways, show us your paths. Lead us into the way of everlasting life. Let every word of man fall to the ground. But let every word that comes from your throne, from the heart of God, find seed, find fertile soil, Father, here this morning. Let it bear fruit in our lives, even a hundredfold. To that end, I pray that you would anoint us, even the speaking and the hearing of this word. In Jesus' name, Amen. So we've been uh, studying, of course, uh, in our church for the past few weeks about faith and the how it is impossible to please God. We sang that song, I bow my knee before your throne. I know my life is not my own. I offer up my life to you to give you pleasure. But it is impossible to please God without faith. Enoch walked with God and even as he walked with God, he had this testimony from God that he pleased him. Not for one year, but for 300 years. That is how he walked with God. And therefore, in our lives, one thing, there is a power of God we've been looking at. Power of God is unlimited. God's, God said that my hand is short, is not, is shortened in your life because of your unbelief. It's not because I'm not mighty to save. I am powerful. I'm sovereign, I'm powerful, but it is you who limit me in your life. And therefore the constant prayer, at least over the past few few weeks in our teaching was, Lord, increase our faith. Increase the capacity of our, of our spirit so that we can have even more measure of your faith in our lives. The fruit of the spirit, which is even faith, that will be made manifest. And we looked at several uh, aspects as to what are those obstacles for to increase our faith and how as to how we overcome them and th- today this morning we will uh, come to one of these of those obstacles and we want to I want to place that in context before we do that let me show you a verse in Matthew chapter 11 verse 6 it says and blessed is he who is not offended because of me and today I want to look at this what causes what are the causes of offenses and how do we deal with them and we look at this passage in Mark, Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. We looked at last Sunday. And we will use that as a launching pad to understand how we increase our faith. Okay. How do we increase our faith? And what does offenses got to do with it? Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. Let's read from verse 1. Then he went out from there and he came to his own country and he His disciples followed him. That's exactly what disciples do. They follow him. Okay. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished. Say everybody say astonished. Astonished. Saying, where did these, where did this man get these things? 
that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter's son? The car- is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief. You know, you can surprise Jesus. Okay. The centurion who was a Gentile caused Jesus to marvel because of his faith. The Syrophoenician woman whom we do not even know her name. Okay. Gentile woman. Jesus was astonished, marveled at her faith and Jesus is marveling at the unbelief of his own people. Okay. And he could not do any mighty works. No miracles could be done at this, it, it, it is, at his household. And you know, it's really interesting that when I was actually reading through the Bible this year, and I was reading it in my language, which is Telugu. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad state of affairs my Telugu is. But you know, one of the things that I'm looking at when I'm reading the Bible in my own language are certain things that just pop out of this, of the pages of the Bible and just speak to your hearts. And in fact, if you read through the narrative in Telugu, there are three words which are used. There is ascharyam, there is astonishment. There is miracle, that is adbhutam. And between ascharyam and adbhutam, there is abhyantaram. Ascharyam, abhyantaram, adbhutam. So in order for you to get your adbhutam, which is your miracle, your ascharyam to adbhutam, you have to deal with your what? Abhyantaram, your your, your, your stumbling blocks, your offenses have to be dealt with in order for you to experience the power of God. To have increase of faith, one of the things that has to be dealt with is your unbelief, your lack of faith. Oh, sorry, your offenses, which causes unbelief. No, it's a very interesting question that I'm posing for myself. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, right? Okay, and they heard the word from the very words of Christ, okay, the most anointed man. How come the word of God from the lips of the most anointed one produced unbelief and not faith? Isn't it interesting? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's what we confess all the time. Faith increases if we hear the word of God. But if here, the most anointed lips, word of God coming from the most anointed lips has caused not faith but unbelief. How come? Astonishment. They were offended. They did not believe. And you know, this word astonishment is a fantastic word in, in, in Greek. I don't want to use the Greek word. You know what it actually means? It's something like to, to knock out a lie. That's what it means. It's like flabbergasted. Astonished, stunned. You know why? Because all your categories, that your preconceived ideologies have been knocked out, punched out, and they're like, you're like shocked. You know, that's exactly what David Wood does through his, <laughs> through his, <laughs> through his videos in Acts 17 apologetics. You know, gives them a knock on their head. They're astonished. They're stunned that their own scriptures are lying to them and they've been blinded for all these years. 
You know, that's exactly the power of truth. It's the power of truth. You know, why did why did Jesus' word have authority? One man of God said it's because simply he spoke the truth. Simple. And he was true. Two things. He spoke the truth and he was true. That is the reason why. Because his words came out of a life which was based upon truth. It was an extension of his life. And therefore they had authority. That's exactly anointing does anointed words do to you. You know what? They have the power to replace all the lies in your heart. That is exactly what we say. You know what? One way to experience deliverance is to listen to anointed teaching and preaching of the word of God. That is how you get astonished and all those lies in your heart get knocked out. You were astonished. Look at Matthew chapter 7 verses 28. This is exactly after the Sermon on the Mount. This is what, you know, what uh, the Jews confess. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Matthew 22, 33. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his Doctrine? I mean, is this only with Jesus or even with the apostles? Look at what it says in Acts chapter 13. When, you know, uh, there's this guy called uh, uh, Paulus, I think. His name is Paulus. I don't forget his name. I think, let's see that. I think I wrote it. Yeah. Uh, Acts chapter 13 verse 6 onwards. Now when they had gone through the island of Paphos, there was a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Okay, his name is Bar-Jesus. And, but Elimus the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who was called Paul, that's exactly for the first time in the book of Acts, where that name change is mentioned. Saul, who was called Paul, filled with a you know, that's, you, 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 you read through the book of Acts and trace the word filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the reason why the book of Acts of the Apostles is a little wrong name according to me. It is the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Okay, it's Holy Spirit everywhere. Okay. And half the church does not believe it anymore. Then Saul, who is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and you know what he says look at what he says and said oh full of all deceit and all fraud you son of the devil you enemy of all righteousness will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the lord and now indeed the hand of the lord is upon you and you shall be blind not seeing the sun for a time and immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand then the poor counsel what believed when he saw what had been done being what astonished at the teaching of the Lord. He was astonished not at the miracle. He was astonished at the what? At the teaching of the Lord. Okay? So these people were astonished. But did they believe? No. Their astonishment did not increase faiths, but in fact caused unbelief. Why? See, whenever you want to examine Belief or unbelief, examine your words, your language. What kind of a language you use? Okay, look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. Okay, another place, Proverbs 20 verse 5. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water. Okay, what is there in your heart? No, 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 it was there in your heart. 
Okay. You know, like Pastor, Pastor James gives that example, right? You know, why, the, why did the water fall, spill? Because it was there. It was already there in your heart. You know, it only the time revealed what, it was, what was there and it just came out. Out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. What was there just came out. I didn't, I didn't mean it, brother. I didn't mean it like that. Really? Really? No, it was not me. How we justify? No, 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 no. It was uh, you. It was what was in your heart. It just came out. Okay, you cannot hide these things, you see. That is the reason why listen to the conversations of people. Where there is, if there is belief or unbelief in those conversations. Listen. You know, one of the things that <laughs> my relatives, you know, it's honestly unbelievable, okay? I have two, two, two sides in my family. One is the believing side and the unbelieving side. Okay? You know, when you look at believing side, they will have lots of errors. Look at them, you see, so many problems in their lives, so many mistakes they are doing. But, and then you look at the unbelieving side, they seem flawless. Have you seen? Unbelieving side, absolutely flawless. And you will say, Baba, when are they going to listen to the gospel? But you know what? I was always comfortable with the believing side, not with the unbelieving side. They live in simple homes. And my daughter was there. I don't know. She's not here today. I think she's gone to Sunday school. My younger one. My mama has a huge home. Okay, It's a duplay. So I went, I took her to my uncle's side. It was, you know, from the living side. It was a small, simple home. And she said, this home is not as big. Aha. Uh-huh. You see how how children are? I, I was like that when I was a kid. I would never want to go to my believing side because they were had small homes, you know, not so expe- uh, well off well well to do families, but now I just want to run away from the <laughs> unbelieving side. I want to be with my believing people because I can have conversations about God. Here, when are you going to buy, when are you going to buy a house? It's the right time for you to buy a house. And they'll take you for a car ride. That is my home. This is my home. That is my home. They have like multiple homes in Vizag where the reality is just exploding left, right and center. And you can't have conversations with them. See, so whenever, whenever you, whenever you want to examine whether, why, how do you examine or how do you know there is offense in your life? Examine your conversations. Examine your conversations. Look at the conversations and look at, look at the questions that uh, this, these guys pose, you know, when, when they are, when they are astonished at the, at the words of Jesus in his hometown. This is found in Matthew chapter 13. Same parallel passage found in both Luke's, Luke's account, Matthew account and Mark's account. 13. He taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother? Called Mary, his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas and his sisters. Are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? Six questions in Telugu, in, in Hindi, in English and one more question in Telugu. Seven questions. What is this? There's another question which is added. Seven questions. Seven questions to unbelief. So they were, what? Offended. See, why were they offended? Look at the questions. Look at the conversations that they're having. What was, what were they looking in Jesus? You know what? This is what I wrote down. They were offended because they saw Jesus in the flesh and not in the spirit. 
You know what, look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, of powerful verse. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one. Ah, according, it doesn't matter how accomplished they are, we don't want to know them, Baba. If they know Jesus, we want to be with them. If they don't know Jesus, doesn't matter. You could be Roger Frederick with 20 grand slums, we don't care. You could come and give an interview, I had only one woman in my entire life, unlike other sportsmen, we still don't care because you still don't know Jesus. You know, they can, they can give you all kinds of reasons as to why they are successful and why they have a long career, they can give you, but if, what, what does it profit a man if they gains his own whole world? You are a fool, you're an accomplished fool. Simple. So we don't want to regard anybody according to the flesh, even though we know Christ according to the flesh. Look at what he says, even though we know Christ, yet now we know him thus no longer. We don't want to know by what, by the flesh, we want to know people by the spirit. And how do we know? We want to see the conversations. See when we have conversations, when you, see whenever you go to a place, some people bring happiness wherever they go. Some people bring happiness whenever they go. That is what Roy Zachariah said. You see, whenever you go, if the spiritual atmosphere is changing for the good. And I, I, I really thank Sister Anne, know when we, by our GDLC kids went to Gideon's. You know, one of the things that I got from her, feedback from her is, Pastor, your kids came to Gideon's and the entire spiritual atmosphere changed. Small children, out of the babes, out of the mouth of babes, you have ordained, praise God. Spiritual atmosphere has changed. You see, conversations are very important. You see, you, you, what kind of a language are you using? And, in your language, it reveals what are you, what is your prominent, what, what, what are you looking for? Flesh or spirit? Those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. And those who walk according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set your minds on the flesh is death, but to set your minds on the spirit is what? Life and peace. If there is peace in your life, you know what peace? The word peace is Irene. Life and Irene, what is the word for peace is Irene in Greek and Shalom in Hebrew. You know what Shalom means? Everything is going well in your life. It's like a motorbike absolutely perfectly, you know, moving, you know, the accelerator. Like, you know, you have a brother, uh, what's his name? Roshan, who's behind the camera today. You know, when his, when his dum-dum bike, Ari, Ari what bro? What is that? It's Ari, right? When it gives that sound, You see, that is peace. Well oiled. Okay. No knocking. And giving the mileage it's supposed to give. Which is 15 kilometers per hour. <laughs> okay. Albeit, doesn't matter. But it's work, working perfectly. That is shalom. Otherwise it is peace, peace. It's all in pieces. Dismantled completely. So, if you set your life on the things of the spirit, you have what? Life and there is peace. There is order. That's exactly what pastor was talking about yesterday. There is order. There is, you are in a way predictive, predictable. Otherwise, you know, will he come or don't, not come? I don't know. Yesterday was on time. Today we don't know whether he will be on time. Day after tomorrow, we don't know. Today, like God himself doesn't know what time you will wake up. Today he will wake up at 4, tomorrow he will wake up at, I don't know when. No order. You see? 
You, under, you need to understand. So he says, we don't want to regard anybody. So what was the problem with the people in Jesus' hometown? They were regarding Jesus according to the what? According to the flesh and not according to the spirit. And look at what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in, he is what? A new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Do you believe that? How many of you really believe that? How many of you delve in your past if you believe that? King now see still people are still living in the past. You see, what were they doing where they were judging at Jesus based upon their outward appearance? Are this guy's brothers? Judas John? Not very, very talented. They're just ordinary carpet. How come this fellow has got so much of wisdom? Sisters we know. We know his mother also. We know his, we don't know his father. We don't know. So many questions. They were regarding Jesus in the flesh. They were judging by what we call as outward appearance. And there was one classic example of that. In the Old Testament, you know, like Pastor was saying, when we study the Old Testament, it is we are not studying history. Okay? We are studying patterns. We are looking at life patterns and we are trying to apply it in our own lives. Look at one classic example found in First Samuel chapter 16. Everybody knows this, but let us examine once again for the 255th time. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him? This guy, <laughs> mourning for Saul. You see, mo- I, how long will you mourn for Saul, see, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to the to Jesse, the, the Bethlehemite, Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Now, God, you know what God is saying? I have rejected one fellow. Okay, and my Holy Spirit is moving on. You know, that's what, that's what he told Nicodemus. The wind passes where it goes. We don't know where it comes from, where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. The sovereignty of God. I called Saul. I rejected him. Holy Spirit also has reject, rejected him. But what are you doing? Still holding on to Saul. You know? Still holding on to the person whom God rejected. That's exactly what we call as pigeon poop. Dove rejects. You said it, no? Second Kings? Whatever the Holy Spirit has rejected, you are still holding on to that. But hey, once upon a time, he was great, Macha. He's really great. Such a humble fellow. He was doing great things. When he started off, he was fantastic. But what about now? Maybe some of you are like that. Maybe still holding on to people whom God has rejected in your life. Holding also, Lord, maybe this fellow will come back into me, into my life. We don't know. God says, I have rejected him. But you still hold on, mourn. Mourn, what is this word? Mourn. Mourn means as if, you know, mourning for somebody who is dead. That's what the word mourning here stands for. You know, remember the first time the word mourn is mentioned in the Hebrew? It's mentioned when Je- when Jacob knows, I mean, his his children, children come to him and say, Joseph is dead. That is when he starts mourning as if he has lost Joseph forever, for good. And this man is mourning. 
morning. And why? Because he is holding on to someone or something that God has rejected. I want to ask you this question this morning. How many of you are holding on to something that God has rejected in your life? You know it very well. But you are holding on to it. It could be a career. Good thing. Career for, for people like me, it was like that. Holding on. It's like, you know, the monkey, you know, you know how, the, how they trap a monkey, you know that, right? They put a banana in the cage. And the monkey holds the banana. If it let goes of the banana, it's free. It wants the banana, it also wants to go free. Not possible. Not possible. Scatch cage, trapped. Trapped. You've rejected. Why? No, you will ask, why did God reject Saul? Very simple. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 23. For rebellion is as sin as witchcraft, stubbornness is as iniquity as idolatry because what? You have rejected. You have rejected the word of the Lord. I will also reject you. Simple. You see, there are straightforward things. God rejects people who reject his word. Simple. Simple. The guy who really, I mean, think about it. Now think about it. Now how do we reject word? You may say, you know what, Vijay, I'm stressed. Sitting in the in the most anointed place, uh, at least, so to speak, at least to the best of my knowledge, there are several other anointed places. To the best of my knowledge, how can I reject the word of God? I'll tell you how. Do you have the same zeal for the word of God when you started before? When you started, when you started with God? Do you have the same zeal? Is it increasing today? Are you really fired up for the word of God? Do you read it more? Do you read it more? Do you seek God for more? See, Lord, I'm not satisfied. I want to read your word more. I want to pray more. I want to fast more. I want to seek your face more. I want to understand your word more. God, give me this spirit of wisdom and revelation and fire me up so that I can understand your word. Do you have the same zeal for God in this word now? Or has it reduced? Has it, has it, has it, you know, really gone dormant? Or now it's like a drag. When will this reading get over? Or you need different versions every time to fire you up? Same old thing. That's exactly what they did in Athens. They did, they spent their time nothing but in listening to something new all the time. What new thing are you going to teach today? Nothing old things only I will teach. You have a problem with that? You see that? You have, the reason why he was rejected is not because of any other thing. It is not because he was less talented. God has got nothing to do with talent. And in fact, the more the talented, more talented you are, the greater the problem with you, for you, not with God. Because you think that you are great. Have you ever seen that all the intelligent people in the house get away with mischief? Yes, 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 yes. Ah, yeah. Intelligent, smart people in the house, they will get away with all kind of mischief. You're a genius. So what do parents do? They overlook the faults. You're destroying the child. You need to understand that. The more the talented talent that fellow has, you know what? The greater the problem with pride in his life. He is in danger of pride. You need to understand this. Very, very important. He rejected the word of the Lord. He also rejected you from being king. Reject. The way we reject the word of the Lord, we just lose interests over a period of time. It becomes dull, drab, the old things, same old thing, nothing new, nothing fresh. So we say, what's the whole point? I'm just reading the whole thing again and again. What's the whole point? You just lose interest. And then look at this next one. First Samuel chapter 16. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. 
It's amazing. <laughs> it's like this, no? Pastor says, Baba, don't touch that lady, Baba. Or that man. If they know that I said this about me, he will kill me. What does that mean? He will go outside and he will start one big scandal. You know, like pastor keeps telling us, no? Some people in the church are necessary evils. Because they will create more trouble if they go out than they stand by staying in. So let them stay in. Unbelievable. What we call as necessary evils. They have to stay. Otherwise they will create trouble. This is all. Man rejected by God. Can you imagine? God rejected him. For 38 years he still occupies the throne. Can you imagine? You have authority without without unction and anointing. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? You will use it to destroy other people. Simple. See, how do you know that God has rejected you? You see, when you have power or authority, how do you use it? That is the test. How do you use it? How do you use power and authority? If God gives you success, like David, God gave David, God gave David success and he said, you know what? We are going to share the spoils with those people who did not come. Those people who stayed back will be equal participants in the sharing of the spoils. That is the heart of man who, is, who has real authority, the heart of a shepherd. Samuel said, how can I, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a high fall with you and say, I have come to sacrifice. Can you imagine? God says, you know what? This is what you need to do. I'll give you tactics as to how to overcome this fellow's fears. I, even I can't speak to him. No. No, some people, you cannot speak to them at all. I can't speak to them. That is the reason why in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17, look at what it says. Obey those who, what? Rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your and those as those who must give account do you know something this is a very I imagine this okay pastor James is my pastor on the day of judgment he's going to hold my hand and he's going to t- take me and stand make me stand before God Lord I preached the whole council the good the bad and the ugly, I did my level best to present him as a pure, spotless virgin before you. This is what I got ultimately. You know what? God is going to consider the recommendation letter of your pastor. You know recommendation letters, no? References. In all universities abroad, you will, you want references. How was this fellow when he was, when he was in your lab? A pain? Or a gain? Please let us know in few words. And they're all confidential letters. And that day, nothing confidential. Everything will be open. Lord, this is what I did. I poured my heart for him. I traveled in birth for as like a, like a, like a mother till child. Christ Jesus be formed in him. I preached to him. I shed tears for him. I did everything for him to make him a pure, spotless version. I was jealous for him. And this is what has, has happened to him. I'm going to stand before God that day. His blood God is not on my hands. Recommendation letter of your pastor. What does your pastor think about you? Do you know? It's very important for me. Very, very important. After God, the second person's opinion that matters to me the most is my pastor's opinion. He's going to take you by the hand. present before him. That is the reason why now Paul says, you are our glory. On that day,
day we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to hang our heads in shame. We want to be proud when we present you before the Lord. You know what we should do? We should make our spiritual parents, our parents, our own parents proud, our spiritual parents proud. That should be the ambition. You know, the burden of my heart, let me tell you, the burden of my heart, the burden of my heart is because I am in this church, the Lord has blessed me because I was submissive to the authority. And I always endeavored to have a clear conscience with God and with man all the days of my life here in this church. I want to always endeavor to be a blessing. What will be the recommendation of your elders? What will be the recommendation of your parents? About you? What will be the recommendation of your wife? <laughs> the closest to you. Okay. Atvinayam durta lakshanam. Aigaru, Bhavnaraigaru, Ayo. Everything is Vinayam only, but when he goes to his house, he has become Simham. And everybody is a terror in his home. What about the recommendation letter of your wife? Bah! That will be one heck of a recommendation letter, isn't it? You know, I, that is the reason why I, I read the, I read the letters of, uh, uh, the biographies of the wives of the men of God. One of the recent biographies I read was, was Art Katz's wife, Inga Katz. You know what he, she said about her husband, Art? She said, my husband lived what he preached. Wah! I said, boy! What a recall! He lived what he preached. Obey. Don't cause grief to those who have rule over you. Don't cause them grief. It will not be, it will be what? Let them do so with joy and not with, this office How should I bear this fellow for the next few hours? Can you imagine? Will that be the, your record? Or will you be looking forward? When will this come? I told you, you know, some people bring happiness. Whenever, wherever they go, and some people, whenever they go. <laughs> important converse, important questions, you know, there are all very, very important questions. It are heart revealing, tough questions that we need to ask ourselves, my dear brothers and sisters, to see if there is what in our hearts? Offense. Cause for offense. Let's move on. Okay, then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do and you shall anoint for me the one I name to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, did you come peacefully? It's amazing, no? Whenever a prophet goes to some town there, what did we do? You know, whenever I get a call from the eldership, hello, what did I do? First question. Everything okay? All well, no. What did I do now? Is what did I now do? I remember uh, James Stewart, you know, one of the big scientists in Rice University. Whenever he gets a call from his pastor, he trembles. Picks up the phone. He says, Pastor John, is everything okay? Am I okay? Then he says, Chill, relax. Okay, I just call you for something else. This is, this is how it is. You, you see, this is what we, this is what we call as holy fear. There's no fear of God, unfortunately, in the church these days. And that, that is the reason why people have to walk on eggshells. What will this fellow think if I say anything to them? See, 
Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do and shall anoint. And then do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And all his sons and all are going to present themselves before this great man. So when they came, that he looked at Eliav. You know what Eliav means? God is my father. You know what Jesus said in Matthew, uh, in Gospel according to John chapter 8 verse 42. You don't have to turn there. It says, if God were your father, you would love me. (laughs) What would you do? You would love me. If God is really your father, you would love me. That's what he says in Malachi chapter 1. He says, if God is really, if I am your father, where is my honor? Whether really, see, honor is not there, you know, that's not, it's, as as I said, there are two words for worship in, in, in the Greek language. It's one word called as proskeneo, which means to prostrate before God. That is one, one form of worship. And there's another word called latreia, which means to serve Him. Both have the same connotation to worship. Latreia is your daily life where nobody sees. So, offer your bodies as a living latreia. That's a sacrifice, which is a holy, this is a reasonable, Form of worship, he says. The word is latreia. Proskeneo means prostrate before God. You come to church and you fall prostrate before Him. And, but you don't continue like that for the rest of the week, do you? If you continue like that, then it's that something's wrong with you, obviously. You see? So, he says, where is my honor? Where is my honor? Eliav. <laughs> Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. Before him. Says who? Samuel. Why? Because he's Looking by what appearance? Outward. In the flesh, not with the spirit. He's not looking through the eyes of the spirit. He's looking through the eyes of the flesh. His mind is still on Saul. Head over heels above the others. Class law first. Make him what? Treasurer. And what is he going to do? Steal all your money. <laughs> Very dangerous. You wouldn't believe it, no? IIT Kanpur used to have elections during... Uh, uh, if for our hall, I mean for every hostel we used to have a election. And you should see the kind of campaigning that they do. I used to wonder why are they campaigning like this? What are they going to get? One fellow will be campaigning for mess secretary. And you know what? You wouldn't believe it. Within By the end of the semester he will come out with a CBC bike. And he will not eat in the hostel. He will be re- eating at the campus restaurant. And where are we eating? We are eating the same old trash, almost, that the hostel gives. And what is this fellow doing? Eating up all the money, driving in a CBZ. And you know, for the first time, I experienced impeachment. We impeached that fellow in our in our hostel. You see, that's exactly, you give intelligent people, they will do a lot of things with you, no? Or intelligent thieves everywhere, educated thieves. Do not look at his appearance or at his height of his stature. I like that. At the height of his stature. Boy. <laughs> you know what? The high stature itself is high. The height of his stature. Ajan Tall, dark hair. What? Handsome. Looks very, very good. Tall, dark and handsome. It doesn't necessarily have to be in terms of your appearance. It can also be in terms of your pay packet. 60k, 60k. What is that? 60,000 dollars a year. 
70k 100k recently we got a news in rediff i triplet delhi the maximum pay package 1.5 crore only only this is the kind of package <laughs> packages people are getting no what are they doing they're destroying that fellow because he has no character to handle the money that he is getting no character you see whenever it's a very very good thing for god to slowly give you success slowly don't become rich once at once over overnight no no don't look for shortcuts in your life but the lord said to him do not look at the appearance or the height of his stature because i've refused him for the lord does not see as man sees for the man looks at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart we know this very well jesus yes he called abinadab who's this fellow abinadab means my father is willing made him pass most unwilling fellow neither the lord has chosen this fellow and then came who shamma what does shamma means astonished astonishment we ranga le mama gopinjaner putadu you see it's going to become a great that's an astonishment no how how small children when they when they recite tables when they give you multiplication answers and when they graduate when they are 9 years old from harvard have you seen the recent news from one guy, guy from belgium he graduated from i think mit or harvard with an electrical engineering degree at 9 years of age electrical engineering bachelor's in electrical engineering chama bachelor's in electrical engineering at 9 years astonished god says reject that is the reason why he says do you see your calling brother not many wise according to the not many noble not many accomplished but god has chosen the what the foolish the weak the base and then said samuel said to jesse are all the young men here and he said there remains one fellow youngest i don't know em chestunna vaadu eppudu guitar kottukunta untadu ante vaadu vaadu jeevitham ante guitar what is he doing looking after sheep that is a guy that is a guy and you know what do you think his brothers took it well can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine i rejected all of you come here david you don't even have to wash and sanctify yourself like your brother just as you are i'm going to anoint you with all the smell of sheep on you that's exactly what god does to all of us right just as you are that's exactly what happened to the gentiles just as they are they didn't have to take a bath they didn't have to go to through baptism by the way in other words god filled them with the holy spirit before they could be get baptized in, the, in water and peter is astonished see see your calling you know why that's exactly the reason why it says the preaching of the cross is stumbling block to the jews and to the greeks what foolishness but to the those who are being saved what it is the power of god and the wisdom of god so don't judge by outward appearance my dear brothers and sisters don't judge by outward appearance when we judge by outward appearance you see that is exactly the reason why you know god pastor took that young man na the other day the example uh, what's his name ajay come here and read psalm 133 that guy read it and all of us and you know pastor said look what did you look at did you look at the words or did you look at the vessel did you look at the outward appearance because we are all shell creatures we don't look at the kernel shell 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 kernel is truth 
That is the reason why Watchman Nee wrote a book called Breaking of the Outer Man and the Release of the Spirit. Only if when the outward shell is broken, somebody put a prayer request, Lord, break me. Boy, do you think it's an easy process? He'll break you, it's going to be painful, but only when you're broken through you comes out. It's a breaking of the alabaster box which caused the puff, the aroma to just and they, they look at it and say, what a waste, but God says, you know what? Stop it. Don't say anything to her. This is going to be spoken for the rest of the life. rest of history. It's going to be spoken. Breaking of the outer man. We judge by outer appearance only. That is when we get offended. Okay, who is this fellow? You know, that's exactly what happens. It's a common question. And you are saying that what authority do you have to say? You know, every other person will shut his mouth. If it's truth, let him speak. You know, this is exactly what I've been doing in the last few days. I'm slow to speak, quick to listen. Let every other people, person speak. Let my uncle speak. Let them speak. Let them speak. I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to judge anybody by the past or the present. I just want to judge by righteousness. That's, that's exactly the reason why it says in Isaiah chapter 11, he doesn't judge by the hearing of his ears or the, by the seeing of his eyes, but by what? By righteousness he will judge. Question is, can spiritual people be carnal and fleshly and judge by outward appearance? Absolutely. Look at what it says in First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as a spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to what? Babes, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, divisions, are you not carnal? And behaving like mere men. I am of, one, one, one fellow says, I am of Paul. I only listen to these people. Other person, other person says, I am of Apollos. Other person, I am of Christ. Are you not carnal? Don't judge by outward appearance. Second Corinthians chapter 5. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And therefore it says in verse 12, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 12. Therefore from now on, we regard no one According to the flesh. So how, when do you get offended? When you judge by outward appearance. When you're so preoccupied by the outward appearance and when people don't fit that image that you have, you get offended. First cause for offense. Second. Found in Luke's Gospel chapter 4. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever you have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut for three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet and none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. 
So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. What is this? You get offended when you are compared. Especially with people who are lesser than you. Okay? Let me give an example. I don't want to compare myself with anybody. I only compare myself with Jesus. You'll always be comfortable. Ultimately, he is God and day. I am just a man. Okay? He is God. He is God, man. Where can we reach up to his level? But suddenly one guy comes and says, you know what? The believers in Macedonia, they were going through poverty, but out of their poverty, that poverty overflowed in abundance of giving. You should be like him. And you'll say, why do you compare me with another church? Why do you compare me with another believer? Are comparisons good? Is the question. You know what God does all the time? He compares you with a person who is less than you. And sees how you, res- how you respond. He compares you with a Gentile, for example. Look at this guy. Is he, in, is he from Israel? I have never seen such kind of faith, not even in Israel. It's like this, no? Vijay, what are you? PhD. What is this girl? 10th class. Could you solve the problem? No. He could. How do you feel? That is the reason why I never want to play chess. Because somebody who is younger can defeat you. And then you will be scratching your head. One of the great fears in chess, I avoided chess for a long time because I was getting constantly defeated by better fellows. I remember when I was, uh, I think it was in 8th grade or ninth grade, YMCA used to have a chess coaching academy those days, free. So I thought I was a top. I beat my father in chess, so I thought I was really, really great. And then I, and then I went to this uh, chess training academy, one fellow, I think class 4 or class 5. He stood before me and he said, come on, let's play. I said, ah, look at this fellow. I'm going to steamroll him now. He arranged his piece. You wouldn't believe it. Within a few seconds, all the pawns, everything is over on my table, on on the board. And he arrested me with two bishops. Checkmate. And I had one rook. I had a queen. And this fellow, with two bishops, he arrested me. I said, no, 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 let's do one thing, let's change. Best of four, best of three. The next game, lesser number of steps. And after that I said, I'm never going to play chess. (laughs) You know why? Because somebody whom you think you're better, comes and teaches you a lesson. How are you going to respond? See, that's exactly what happened to the Jews. You see, whenever the Jews get angry, there is a lesson. Whenever they want to throw stones at Jesus, there is a lesson. (laughs) Something happened. Jesus, 
and finishes phd faster than you and you are bre- uh, scratching your brains for the past 6 years and your phd has not come to even to a corner and your f- boss says look at this fellow look at this fellow what do you want to do you want to stone him you can't stone your boss see that's exactly what happened here See, that is exactly what God does to his people to see if there is what in your heart? Offense. Less privileged. Comes from really terrible backgrounds, but he goes farther ahead of you in the spirit. They have ascribed thousands to me, ten thousands to David. Who did it? Girls did it. All the girls are going after him. Offended. Offended. You know, and this can happen to the best of God's children. Who is a man after God's own heart? And you know what? A Gentile can teach David an object lesson in faith. David, with all your psalms, with all your confessions as to how you love the law. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? Ah, a, a Gentile can teach you a lesson. Will you learn from him, from from him, David? Second Samuel chapter twelve. David sent Joab, saying, "Send me Uriah, the who, the Hittite. Who is the Hittite, Baba? Who is the Hittite? I'll tell you who the Hittite is. Genesis chapter ten, verse fifteen. A Canaan, Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth." From which we get the word Hittite. Who is he? A Canaanite. A Hittite. And it says in Zechariah, Canaanite cannot enter into the sanctuary of the Lord. No. And Moabite cannot enter into the sanctuary sanctuary of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. A Hittite? Oh, the Hittite. Look at what it says. Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah the Hittite. Sent Uriah to David. And Uriah had come to him. David asked how Joab was doing. And how the people are doing. And how the war was prospered. You see, what was he doing? What are you doing, David? Doing small talk. Small talk. Matter in the Just evading the whole thing. Hypocrisy. And David said to Uriah, Go, get, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from king's house and there followed him a mess of meat. You know what a mess of meat is? It's not a mess. Mess means, have you seen hotels, mess, mess in the hotel on your hostel? The entire mess followed Uriah. From the king's table. All the delicacies from the king's table is following Uriah, the Hittite now. Will he eat the food? No. Where Will he go to his house? No. 
But Uriah slept at the doors of the king's house with all the servants of the Lord and did not go down to his house. So when they told David saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, did you not come from the journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And look at what he says. Look at what his answer. And Uriah, you know what Uriah means? Yahweh is my light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who said that? David said that. Who's living it? Uriah the who? The Hittite. The Canaanite. And Uriah said to David, the ark of Israel, the ark, the ark, what does the ark signify? The presence of the Lord. No, David, David, were you not the person who were longing for the ark to come to Jerusalem? Did you not dance in the presence of the Lord and you said, I will become even more undignified than this? And what are you doing, David? What are you doing when the presence of the Lord is in the battlefield? What are you doing? Why have you abandoned the presence of the Lord? That's exactly the reason why I said, if you abandon the presence of the Lord, you will lose your strength completely to overcome sin in your life. It is only when you are in the, where the presence of the Lord is continuously dwelling, when you are there in the presence of the Lord, you are there in the boundaries that God has appointed for you, you have strength, otherwise no strength to overcome sin in your life. You will fall as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter how great you are. You could be as spiritual as David was. But it doesn't matter. If you lose the presence of the Lord, you will fall into temptation. The ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents. And my Lord Joab and servants on my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? Can you imagine? You know what he was actually saying? Those very words began to convict David. This guy, a Hittite, a Uriah, the Hittite, a Canaanite, he has got more convictions than me. As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do these things. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 2. Indeed, you are called a Jew. Who are you? David, the Jew. You rest on the law. That's exactly what he said. How much I love the law. I have seen an end to all perfection, but your law is what? Exceedingly great. Make your boast in God, know His will, approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind. But let me tell you, David, you are blind, and he is the one who actually can see. A light to those who are in darkness, but let me tell you, David, now you are in darkness, but he is in the light. An instructor of the foolish, you are a fool, he is wise. A teacher of babes, you are a babe now, a carnal man, absolutely carnal, but he's a spiritual man. Having the form of the knowledge of knowledge and truth. You therefore who, who teach another, do you teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery, David? And you know what? The very words of Uriah started convicting him and what he wanted to do with Uriah, wanted to kill him. You who abhor idols, do you not temples? You who make your boast in the Lord, do you dishonor God through begging the law? For the name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of you. That's exactly what Nathan told David. Because you did this, you given you have given the occasion to the enemies of God to blaspheme his name. As it is written, 
For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law, but if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become what? Uncircumcision. And therefore, if an uncircumcised Hittite keeps the precepts, the righteous requirements of the Lord, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? Answer? Of course it will be. And will he not physically, and will not the physically uncircumcised who fulfills the Lord judge you? Even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law. You see that? What happens? How do you respond when people who are lesser, whom you think are lesser spiritually than you, when they act more nobly? When children act more nobly? You know, sometimes children will say, Daddy, you should not lie. In these circumstances, you can. Daddy, you should not watch this. Mama said, don't watch it. I'm mature enough to handle it. What are you? A child. You please go inside. How do you respond? Those children are better. That is the reason why it says, if you cause these little ones to stumble, it is better for you to have a what? A milestone around the neck and be drowned in the sea. Don't even come out, Baba. I don't even want to see a dead body because of your dead body will float. I don't even want to see that. See that? Very important for us to understand. See, this is re- that is the reason why you should have what we call as a teachable spirit, you see. A teachable nature. You need to have that. Lord, teach me. I want to learn from anybody and everybody. And sometimes you should you should see the kind of answers my children give in GTLC. They shock me. Unbelievable. They can think like that. So many instances. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Learn from anybody. You can learn and you should learn. You should be able to learn even from ants. Somebody said, you know, uh, monkeys were having this conference, monkey conference. What is a monkey conference all about? Oh, the the humans are saying that we, we had a same common ancestor and we evolved. They evolved from us. What an insult to monkeys. What an insult. You know why? Because we are not like that. We are better than them. We don't bite and devour one another. We don't commit adultery though, like the way they commit adultery. We don't lie and cheat like the way li- they lie and cheat. We don't fight like the way they fight. We are better than them. Baba, what an insult. And that's, that is the reason. You know what Solomon said? Go to the ant use. What? Consider her ways and be who having no overseer or ruler gains her harvest, I mean gains her, gains her what, her, her produce, her, her, her provisions during, during harvest. What are you doing? How long will you sleep? Can you learn? Can you learn from an ant? Today I want to sit and learn from an ant. That's what Solomon said. What will you do? Ant? Huh. That is the reason why it says it is easy for a, Oh yeah, for a camel to go through eye of a needle, for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. How do, how can a camel go through the eye of a needle? As small as a needle. Absolutely. Is it simple? How to put an elephant into a fridge? Open the door, put the elephant and close the fridge. How do you put a giraffe? Open the door, pull out the elephant, put the giraffe and close the fridge. It's very easy to put a giraffe into the fridge, but rather than to teach a man who's proud, You will not learn. 
you will never learn and they were angry they were offended and when you are offended you think your faith will increase no way no way now think about it how many of you think you can learn from your children if you have children oh yeah so many things how many of you think that you are very very i mean some people they think they know everything everything i know delso you cannot you can you can they will never say i don't know you know what what one 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 common phrase that comes out of their mouth is i know i know i know you look at the conversation i know have you seen i know i saw that if they can never say i don't know they will if they don't know they will say i know and they will do 4g scam wikipedia you see i know romans chapter 2 but he is a jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit not in the letter whose praise is not from men but from god you see that so how do you respond when people who are less than you so to speak spiritually or otherwise if they start teaching you will, will you learn do you have an open heart and a teachable spirit you know one of the things i'm doing these days learning from every man of god irrespective of their educational background if they have the anointing that's all i want i'm not looking at their accomplishments at their degrees or lack thereof it doesn't matter to me do they have the anointing of the holy spirit on their lives i'm going to listen to them i'm going to sit at their feet and learn what a man jesus is at 12 years old he is sitting in jerusalem listening and asking questions he doesn't say asking questions and there's listening no 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 he is listening and asking questions for 30 years he is went to the synagogue and he listened to boring messages not even one day he got up and said okay that is wrong according to the that is not the interpretation it was a word think about that think about that my dear brothers and sisters what a man what a god he is no he allows other people to write about him Isn't it amazing? Amazing. Who is going to write? Peter, you're going to write about me. John. No ripte butalaste. But you're going to write about one day you'll write about me. You'll write these simple people who are going to write about me and I have joy when my children write about me. Which father? Think think about it, no? That is the heart of the father like Pastor James was saying, you know. There's father God over there and his son is getting all the glory. Is he upset? No. He's absolutely happy when his son is getting all the glory, and you think Jesus is absolutely happy when you and I are learning and sitting at other people, other people's feet and learning? Absolutely, that is how we honor one another. We have a teachable spirit. Doesn't matter who's, ba- what kind of a background people come from. We have an open mind. All we are looking for is, does he have the anointing of the Holy Spirit over his life, and is he rightly dividing the word of truth? God compares. the jews in beria were noble than those in thessalonica wow what a comparison in that they received the word with all readiness of mind but they searched the scriptures daily to see what has been taught is true according to the scriptures or not have a teachable spirit have an open mind that's exactly what apollos was apollos was a man who thought you know he knew it all and he was actually preaching the word i mean he was teaching only the baptism of john and then who came aquila and priscilla and in fact you know who is more better in knowledge akila or priscilla whom do you think priscilla 
We have one Priscilla in our school. Very, very sharp girl. She will teach you also. Hmm? And you know what? Apollos will listen to the teaching of a woman. I am a man. I don't learn from you. What do you think? You know, women may not be having the office to teach, but they have written a lot of books. Do you read them? You should see, you should listen to some of the messages by Corrie ten Boom. You have to fall flat on your face before God. You will have tears in your eyes to see the anointing of God over that, over that woman. Still available on YouTube. Go and watch them. And tell me if they don't challenge your heart. Have a teachable spirit. Don't look at the outward appearance. You think? Abigail, the way she came to David, do you think David did not listen to a woman? He absolutely listened. Where this fellow will not listen to the woman. That's the reason why his name is Nabal. Useless fellow. That's exactly what it means. Nabal means useless. Absolute fool. See? But he's a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Honestly, ask God, Lord, give me a teachable spirit that I will not be offended the moment. You know why? Faith comes by what? Hearing, right? And how do you hear when you have an open heart? Doesn't matter what is the vessel, what is the, which is the vessel. If I have an open heart and if I accept the word with all readiness of mind, the word of God has got power to those, to work in those who believe. Doesn't matter who the vessel is. And God will test you most of the time with those people who are less than you but have more faith than you. You know, sometimes we might be in our church and we look at people who, who we look down upon people who come from Bible college. For example, and Bible college people will look at on people who don't come from Bible college. We have a mutual tension. Where are you? From Bible college. Oh, best fellow. And what, what are you saying? What are you, where are you from? I am not from Bible college. He's saying best fellow. Both of us are having tension. But you see, just lay aside all those differences and say, you know what? If you have the anointing of God, I'm going to listen from you. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you don't exalt human opinion, that's all we want to see. Only exalt the word of God. And if you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to listen from you. You know, sometimes it's like a, are you from Bible college? I said, no, 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 no. As if it's a crime. No, 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 I'm not from Bible college. I recently went to my relative's house. How did you become a pastor? And she's a godly woman. Will I get offended? No. You see? I will not say all those people from Bible college know better than them. I don't say that. In fact, you know, if I, if I say that, tomorrow God will show me another fellow with all the degrees who has got incredible knowledge of the word of God and he'll put me to shame. I never want to do that. Because I don't want to look at what we call as the shell. I want to look at the kernel. Amen? Okay. First, what is that? When you look at outward appearance. Second, when God compares you with people who are lesser than you, whom you think are lesser than you. Inside of God, nobody is less, nobody is more. Third, Luke's Gospel chapter 7. So this is another comparison. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who is a... What's her name? Mention? Her name is not even worth mentioning, Baba. That 
kind of a woman she was. She was a woman who destroyed many marriages. Known as a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table and Pharisees had brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And you know what he said? She began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him and for she is a sinner. And he turned to him and he said, you know what? Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water. Now think about it. Did Pharisee have respect for Jesus? Yes. Who spent the money to feed him? Pharisee. Who arranged? did all the arrangements? Pharisee. Who got all the glory? The woman. Isn't it amazing? At the Pharisee's expense, the woman got the glory. What will you do? Will you learn? Will you learn? Okay. Next one. Luke's Gospel chapter 17. And he entered a village. He met, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell his face at his Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. He was a... Now tell me, who was a, who had most faith? Why? Why does he have most faith? What did Jesus say? Go and show yourself to the... Who does not have access access into the temple? Who does not have the access into the temple? The Samaritan. Did he still go? Think about it, no? Think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. Jesus said, all Jews over here, ten lepers, out of ten lepers, nine are Jewish lepers and one is Samaritan leper. But all are lepers. Doesn't matter. Okay, the point is, I am a Brahmin leper. And you are what leper? But everybody is a leper baba. How can you boast in your leprosy? But anyways, you have nine Jewish lepers, one Samaritan leper. What did Jesus say? Go and show yourself to the high priest. And you know what? In the heart, Samaritan was thinking, Lord, I can't have access into the temple because I'm a Samaritan. If If they know that I'm a Samaritan, they will throw me out. But at your word, I will go. And in his heart, he was thinking, even, even as he was approaching the temple, his heart was in his mouth. How can I reveal my identity to this man? The pastor, the first question that the man will ask, what are you? What is your name? Where do you come from? And if he comes to know that I'm a Samaritan, he will throw me out. His heart was in his mouth and he starts going and going. And even as he goes, he gets healed. And he says, Lord, I don't have to go to this high priest, but I will come to the eternal high priest. And he comes back to that eternal high priest and he shows himself. Who is the high priest? Jesus himself. Who has more faith? Samaritan has more faith. Will you learn? That is, You know what? They don't even want to take the name of Samaritan. Who showed him mercy? I mean, who was the, who was the one who loved his neighbor? The guy who showed mercy. They don't even want to say, take the name Samaritan in his mouth. Think about it, my dear brothers and sisters, how we look down upon people sometimes. And those are the people who teach us lessons. 
And if you don't hear, this morning, ask yourself, Lord, do I have a teachable spirit? And he said, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. All of them got healing. This fellow got wholeness. What do you want? People who are less than you will teach you a lesson, my dear brothers and sisters. That is the reason why Romans chapter 9 makes a fantastic statement. Look at what it says. It says, what shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is a righteousness that is by faith. But the, but the, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Answer. Answer is, why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as if it were based on works, they have stumbled, the same word for offense, offended, they were offended as a stumbling stone. As it is written, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Learn from those people who are less than you. This morning has got third, third, why do you get offended? Matthew chapter 11. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for an other? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news of the gospel preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended because of me. Now, what is this offense? This offense is offense because you have obeyed the word of God. Matthew chapter 13 verse 21. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, they immediately get what? Answer? Offended. Tribulation or testing comes because of the word of God. You know, it's like this, no? God, I followed you. I did everything possible and you put me in prison. Let me ask you this question. In your office, who gets more work? The one who less gets less results or more results? And what does the fellow who gets more work say? Why is the boss always after me? You know why? The boss is always after you because he's the only one whom you can, whom you can trust. You see, more work is good. It's actually a testimony. Somebody was praying. I think it was, uh, I think Peter was praying this. John's Gospel chapter 15. I am the wine. My father is a wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he awards. No, 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 no. Prunes, you know the actual word in Greek is, is the word purgeth. Prunes is cutting. Purgeth means cleansing by fire. Purge means. Okay. <laughs> he puts you through the fire. It's like this, no? I mean, you have, you have, uh, you have, uh, uh, the outer courts, you have the holy place and you have the most holy place. Order there in the outer courts, outer courts you have the altar, the brazen altar. Okay, where you have to sacrifice. Second, you have the labor, where you wash yourself and then you go to the, the lampstand. Where, where is the lampstand? It is in the holy place where you have to switch it on and put on the light. And that light has to continuously burn. 
Okay. And in order for the light to burn properly, what does that fellow do? He trims the wigs. Okay. It's like this, no? Cuts it nicely. Nicely cuts. So it's like this, no? Whenever I cut you, is there pain? Yes, there is pain. That is the reason why I cut you. I wanted to cause you pain, basically. I mean, doctor, when you go to a doctor, he says, you know, the other day, when we had Emmanuel swallowed that coin, no? They wanted to do endoscopy. Endoscopy, right? You call it endoscopy. They wanted to take that out. They wanted to put the whole thing inside and pick it out, uh, pick it out. And, and we were asking the doctor, will it cause pain? And the doctor looked at me and he said, uh, a little pain? I mean, come on. It will cause pain. You see, sometimes, you know, we feel, Lord, look at my surrender. Look at my life. I have given up everything, but pastor always speaks on me. Every time he cuts me only. Look at how much I surrendered. Can you find a guy as consecrated as I am? And he picks on me only. You know, you know what God is saying? You fool. He picks on you because you are the only person who is bearing fruit. But it pains me. How can he say those words to me like that? It hurt me. Yeah, he said that to cause you hurt. Simple. There was, a, there was That is the reason why he said that. To cause you what? Pain. Why do you use the scissor? To cause pain. But only through that pain will you bear more fruit. Look at what it says. Not every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me. You know that's exactly what God does to everybody who is his child who is bearing fruit. He takes the scissors and cuts you. Like the gardener who cuts all the branches. Why? He wants to get beauty. I just leave it like that. No. Why do you want to cut? It will go out of order. And before you know it, it's all messed up. So you need constant cutting. 1 Peter chapter 1. In this you greatly rejoice, though for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Where was John put in? Prison. What did he say? Are you the one? And there's a first word that, you know, what Abel used in the morning when he started worshipping. What did he say? If you remember. Ah? Are you listening? What did he say? The first words that I was like, when I heard those words, I said, Lord, that is one of my last slides. Acts chapter 16. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying where? In the prison. Where is John? In the prison. What is he? Offended. Where is Paul and Silas? In the prison. Are they offended? No. They are beaten? Yes. Beaten with more stripes than John? Yes. In fact, John was kept in prison and Herod was protecting him. He didn't want anything to happen to John. But what are these these people? They were being beaten without mercy. Were they complaining? No. Singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a great quake. You know, I remember Richard Wumbran, you know, how he used to sing songs. 
they used to make music with their chains. Wow, wow. You know, whenever you, I said, I just have tears in my eyes. Now with all the music, we can't sing. Our voices go basura, the church, the worship leader has to encourage, come on brothers, raise your hands. Come on, come on, sing, praise him, worship him. No, these people in prison, they are making sound with their chains and making music with their chains and praising. Where are we, my dear brothers and sisters? Are we offended when we go through little troubles in our life? Pastor, pray that I will have no troubles, all smooth serving. Baba, you will never grow. You will be on the way to hell. At midnight, our Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. That's what happens. When people who are pruned by God, when they start worshipping, what do they do? They bear more fruit into the kingdom. More souls were added into the kingdom of God because of the suffering that one or two saints of God are going through. You might be going through suffering, but stay that course. God is pruning you so that He may, you might bear what? Fruit and that fruit will bring glory to God. Be fruitful and multiply. What does, what does it mean? Have more souls into the kingdom of God. Add more souls to the kingdom of God. That is true blessing. And how will you get more blessed? Only when you are pruned. And blessed is a man who is not offended because of me. Man who is so consecrated. Yeah, because you are consecrated, he did it. Other people is not even interested. Do you think Elisha, I think Elisha might have got spanking every day from Elijah, for sure. Every day of his life he must have, hey, Come on, Ray. You don't even know how to put water away from. Where did you come? On my hands. This also I have to teach you. Can you imagine? No. It doesn't matter. You spit on me, I will stay with you. You are God, my God. Your people, my people. That's exactly what Ruth did. And this guy said, I am after that double portion. I don't care what you tell me, what kinds of names you call me. I am after that double portion. I want that anointing. Do whatever you want with me. I have surrendered myself to you. A man who puts his hand on the plow and he looks back is not worthy of my kingdom of God. Of the kingdom of God says Luke's Gospel chapter 9. 62. Elisha was crushed. For 10 years you be with Elijah, you will know what it is. Can you see? What, who is this Elijah? Um, a man who is with uh, what camel's hair and belt around his waist. That is a dressing that means what? Used to fasting. Pastor, Pastor, you must have called Elijah, no? Pastor, today we don't have anything to eat. Let's fast. Pastor, can the ravens bring the food to us? God didn't say anything like that. Today we'll just only fast, okay? No problem. Let's fast, okay? We will not eat if we don't get any. We will not eat. We, don't, we will not do miracles. We can bring fire down from heaven, but we are not going to use our anointing for our own good. We will fast. 21 days. Okay, no problem. Let's fast. 21 days of crushing like that. Months and years of crushing. And then you have an Elijah who always is at what? Rest. Any any problem that you have, you come to Elisha, you will always have a solution. Always at rest for 10 years of crushing. 
You know, I was thinking about it yesterday when Pastor was talking about Elisha. Why was he always addressed? There was one man who surrendered complete to Elijah. Allowed Elijah to break him through and through. Doesn't matter what kind of words he used against him. He said, you know what? It doesn't matter what he says. I'm after his anointing. I want double portion. What does he want? Double portion. I will not get offended at any time. And one day he says, where is the God of Elijah and the, and the, and the waters of Jordan part? Are you offended today? By the prunings and the testings of God in your life? Why should I go through this God? Everybody is having no, I mean, that's exactly what, everybody's situation is fine, only my situation is bad. How many of you say that? Oh, everybody is, I'm the only, no, 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 no. People are, that's the reason why, you know what, God uses worst case scenarios. That is the reason why he sends those, those, early in the morning we get those devotions. From where? Persecuted churches. Did they ever say, brother, please pray that we will not, we will escape persecution? No. That's exactly what Paul told all the churches where he went back, strengthening them. Through many tribulations, you should enter the what? The kingdom of God. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 12 to 13. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will enjoy life. No, 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 no. Will suffer persecution. It is not may, it is will. Guaranteed. Question a little. It is going to come one way or the other. But what? On, on the other side, but evil men and imposters will grow what? Worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. God has just left them to their own ways. Left them. God has given them over to their passions and their lusts. God is not going to touch them. But you? He's going to cut you. He's going to prune you. He's going to put you through the mill. He's going to put you through the fire. But you know what he's going to promise? In every of your situation, I will be there with you. In, in the fire, I will be there. And I will continue to be in the fire till last of all my ch- children come out of the fire. And you know what happens when you come out of the fire? What are bro- Nothing has happened to you. Not even your hairs have been burnt. Only those ba- bands which bound you, they are gone. They are burnt away. God is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with... Fire. He's going to baptize you with fire. He's going to prune you. He's going to crush you. And you know, this year might might have been a year of incredible testing for you. Praise God! For if you have gone through testing, like never before, God is doing something incredible in your life. Incredible! Because every test has got a message in it. It's a message of God's faithfulness. How God came through. The bigger the mess, the greater the message. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That is the reason why in our Romans chapter 8 will say, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate Baba? Tell me. Can tribulation or distress or famine? Nothing. Nakedness, peril, sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get offended, Lord. If you don't come through for me, I'm not going to get offended. I'm going to still pursue hard after you. If you prune me, if you speak harsh words to me, I will still take it. I will say, Lord, okay, Lord, you said this to me. You you must have found something in me which is not Christ-like and you're doing it. Take it away. God will create situations in your life to show you your own heart. And you humble yourself. You know, that's exactly what Pastor James keeps on telling me. He said, you have not gone through still suffering in your life. 
You had it easy. It's going to come. It's going to come your way. I am not looking at other people. I am looking at your response, he says. And I said, what is this man telling me? Do you know what I gave up? Shut my, shut your mouth. How can he say words like that to me? Does he not look like, look at my consecration? Yes, because you are consecrated, he will speak more harshly to you. Are you okay with that? You know, if God is not confronting you, if you are without discipline, you are what kind of children? Ah, Durbijamu, of the wrong seed. God has left you to your own ways, Baba. That means you have to tremble. That is a cause for offense now. God gave up on Saul like that. He said, this fellow useless. I can't even talk to him anymore. Saul, I mean Samuel, he might even kill you. So I will tell you the way how, as to how you can escape his onslaught. Can you imagine? Bah. I mean, whenever I read Saul, I get scared. Really? Every time I read Saul, I say, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, you take away everything from me, but don't take away your Holy Spirit from me, Lord. You can take away my office, you can take away my position in the church, it doesn't matter what you take away from me, but Lord, your presence, no. Your discipline, no. Don't take away your rod of discipline from me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Are you offended this morning? If you are offended, look at the reasons for your offense. And Lord, you say, small people who are less than me, they teach me. Say, Lord, give me a teachable spirit. Lord, give me a teachable spirit. Give me an open heart. Give me an open mind. So that I can learn from them. They may not look at outward appearance. Let the souls in my life die. Those people who reject the word of God, I have rejected them too. Don't hold on to people. You know, that's one of the biggest problems with Christians. Christians, they still hold on to people who have rejected God. Hold on to people. Why do you want to hold on to people who rejected God? Do you, know, do you remember Lot's wife? Isn't it amazing? Think about it, my dear brothers and sisters, even those who are young and who are wanting to get married, etc. How do you look? How do you choose your life partners? Do you look at outward appearance? You know, so many men and women have not gotten married because they were not looked upon with the eyes of the spirit. Even though they had a heart of gold. And they looked at him and said, ah, you know why? We get offended because we have eyes of the flesh and not of the spirit. We are people of the senses. But you know what God says? We don't walk by sight, but by faith. And then if you walk by sight and not by faith, you know who's going to come to your feet? Boaz, you will have a Ruth. Isaac, you will have a Rebecca. You just have to meditate. God will send you a Rebecca. A Rebecca who will not turn your heart away from God. But if you look at the outward appearance, you will look, you will be like Jacob who looked at the outward appearance. She was very beautiful to look at. Finished. But that Premalo, I paid you with How many loves have not destroyed people's lives? Eternally. You know, we had a discussion, my wife and I had, we were having a discussion the other day. You know, she was telling me, Vijay, 
you know, I was talking to somebody and she was telling me, that person was telling me, it's okay if, you know, if uh, if the guy is an unbeliever or a girl is an unbeliever, they've been knowing each other for such a long time. It's okay for them to get married because they have already committed whatever fornication in their minds. It is, let them not continue like this. Let them not continue to say, it's better for them to get married. And I told them, Justin, look, think about this. You're just looking at the marriage. But I'm looking at God's purpose. You're just looking at now. I'm looking at the future. What are they? Okay, they'll get married. What will, what will their marriage accomplish? And most often, the girls will turn the hearts of the boys away. Careful men. Careful. To keep you from the immoral who? Woman. You will turn your hearts. Don't give your sons to their daughters. Why? Because their daughters will turn the hearts of your sons. It doesn't say that sons will turn the hearts of the daughters. It never says that. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's a mystery for me. I'm just making a case study in the entire Bible and I see in the entire Bible, you see a believing woman and an unbelieving man. It's okay. Not a problem. Elkanah, Hannah. No issues. Timothy's mother, Timothy's father. No issues. But on the other hand, remember Lot's wife. Can you imagine this lady would never tell her husband, let us go back to Abraham. There's so many things in that in that episode when there's strife between Abraham's herdsmen and, uh, and Lot's herdsmen. Lot makes a choice. Who is actually behind the scenes? I don't know. I don't know, maybe his wife, how long will we stay with your, with your, this man? Always moving, 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 moving. God, 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 God. Should we not settle down? Look at our daughters. We should get them married. Should we not settle down? The Lord got probably vexed. I'm just reading into the text, Baba. Because it doesn't say, remember Lot. It says, remember Lot's wife. Very important. Don't hold on. Don't hold on to the pillars of salt in your life. It's not worth. You drink that poison, you will die. Think about that. Don't hold on to the salts in your life. Give it up. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Shall we stand in the presence of God this morning? All these lessons you have learned over several, several periods. All these lessons are known to you only. Nothing new under the sun. I'm just bringing it to your remembrance. You want your faith to increase? Deal with offense. Deal with offense. And what causes offense? Very simple. First reason, whenever you judge by outward appearance, we are preoccupied by the outward. There are chances that you will get offended. Second, when people who are lesser than you, you think... You don't want to learn from them. God will allow that to happen. They will that will that will cause offense. Have a teachable spirit, Lord. It doesn't matter who it is, even from ants, I will learn. Third, whenever you're pruning me, I will not resist the cutting of the flesh in my life. That's exactly the word Zarefat means. You know what Zarefat means? Cutting. 
Yeah, sir, yeah. Sir, effort means cutting. Cutting. We are the circumcision who rejoice in Christ Jesus and who have no confidence in the flesh. Who worship God in the spirit, who rejoice in Christ Jesus and who have no confidence in the flesh. Put it away. Not worth it. Don't hold on to the salts in your life. Let the salt die. Don't mourn for him. Move on with God. Don't hold on to things which God and the Holy Spirit have rejected in your life. Father, this morning, commit ourselves as a church into your hands. You've taught us through the weeks and through the months about faith, about the stumbling blocks for faith in our lives. Father, if there is any cause for offense in our hearts, take it away. Take it away, Lord. It's not worth holding on to offenses because it's only going to block your anointing in our lives. Your power, your grace will only flow in our lives when we deal with the offenses. Father, if you have judged by outward appearance, so many times you have done that. Walked by sight and not by faith. Walked by our senses. because We did it because it felt good. We indulged in the passing pleasures of sin. Knowing very well that it produces death. But Lord, forgive us. Because you are not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that also he will reap. And that's what your word says. Father, forgive us. Father, if you have looked down upon people whom we thought were lesser than us, forgive us, Lord. Give us a teachable spirit, an open heart and an open mind. The spirit of a Berean, Lord who will accept with all readiness of mind, but will search the scriptures. But will look at the kernel and not the shell. Forgive us if we are shell Christians. Enable us, Father, to be broken truly. As some of your children have put that prayer request, Lord, break me. Break us, O Lord. And you will break us, O Lord. Because only through the breakings of God will your fragrance be made manifest through our lives. Our outward man, that outward shell, this hard flesh has to be broken so that the spirit, the aroma of Christ to be released through our lives. And therefore, O Lord, I pray that Lord, we will not be offended. We will not be offended when we hear hard words spoken to us. To us. It is because you see potential in us. It is because you want us to bear fruit for your glory. It is because for that reason you are cutting us and enable us not to resist the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, if you are still holding on to souls and mourning over those things which your Spirit has rejected, forgive us. Enable us to let go. Your word says, O oh Lord, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, that you will circumcise the heart, our heart, so that we may love the Lord your God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And I pray, Father, do it, O oh Lord. Cut, 
cut away. Enable us to make a covenant, a covenant with you, O Lord. A covenant with you, which will cost us. Father, only those people who are willing to pay that price will have faith increased in their lives. Enable us to be willing to pay the price, Lord. Willing to give up every relationship which will hinder our walk with you. Because you said, if any man loves father, mother, wife, children, or even his own life more than me, is not worthy of me. You said, Lord, if a man will not pick up his cross daily and follow me, is not worthy of me. And you told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. For your minds are set on the things of man and not on the things of God. For take our minds away from the things of the flesh and unto the things of the spirit this morning. Change our perspective, Lord. Enable us to have an eternal perspective, Lord. Enable us to store for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Where thieves do not come, break in and steal. Father, for where our treasure is, there our heart is. Heart is and our treasure is you, O Lord. Our treasure is you. Our treasure is you. To that end I pray that you would circumcise our hearts and take away the offense of the cross. Offense of the cross. Father, because you said through your servant that in the last days people will have will be the enemies of the cross of Christ, who will glory in their shame, whose God is their belly. Father, enable us, Lord, Father, do not be offended when we hear sermons or tough things that that have been spoken to us. It is because you love us, you correct us. Father, purge us. Purge us this morning. Prune us. Enable us to surrender to the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives so that we may bear fruit. And it is to the Father's glory and to His pleasure, your word says that we may, that we should bear fruit and enable us, Lord Father, to bear fruit. Enable us to surrender ourselves, Lord Father, to the prunings of God and not be offended. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. And even as your children go into another week, commit them into your hands. Father, go with us. Go with us, O Lord. Father, every place the sole of our feet will tread upon, give us that land. Give us that land, O Lord. Enable us to have a burden for those people who are lost. Enable us, Lord Father, to go through situations and trials. Father, like the way Paul and Silas have gone. Enable us to always have a song on our lips. Thank you, Father. Come into your children, all of us into your care. Watch over us in our goings out and our comings in from this time forth and even forever. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen.